1: Hey, everybody. Welcome in. So happy to have you with us right here on the Big Talker 1700. Jimmy B. and T.C., cleverly disguised as Jim Brinson and Trent Condon. Uh, You can always get on the show with us at 264-1700. Again, that is 264-1700. And you can also tweet at us as well. You can find me at Jimmy B radio. That's at Jimmy B. Radio.
2: And if you want some good insights, you can find me at <laughs> Trancana. Ah. How you doing, pal? Uh, not too bad. Saw you were out of the bar again last night drinking seven and sevens, huh? <sighs> Watching games. Yeah, yeah. You know me. I gotta I gotta stay I gotta stay.
1: Lubricated throughout okay. the course of the game. Yeah, yeah. And then once the game's over, man, it's lights out.
2: So were you there at the bar last night until after the Golden State Utah game? I did not stay for the end.
1: Oh, okay. No. Okay.
2: Halftime gone. That was it? Yeah. Get home, watch the second half. Yeah, I did. Yeah. In your drunken stupor. Well, pretty much. Take the Uber home. <laughs> Now, you've seen my phone. Yes. You know I can't do Uber on my phone. No, but you can do it on your iPad. I can. Yeah, yeah. you, you can do it on your iPad. I can do that. And we know you take that to the bar.
1: <laughs> you've seen it. You've seen me
2: in what action. What a weirdo. <laughs> what a weirdo you are. Well, Jimmy B., uh, good show coming up today. Yeah, we got we Rob Howe stopping by his Wednesday spot. We'll talk some Hawkeyes with him, get his thoughts on the decision. Connor McCaffrey not playing basketball next year, going to mm-hmm. concentrate on baseball, we'll talk about that. Some recruiting news uh, to get into as well. And much more on the Hawkeyes at 1225. 1 o'clock, it will be uh, your man, Mark Adams. Mark Adams is coming on. Mark and I go way back uh, as we did a lot of
1: games together, uh, college basketball games. And he's still doing a lot of work for uh, ESPN. And as we t- said yesterday, uh, he covers the Valley better than anybody.
2: Yeah, he knows the league he, he does the well. league has a lot of good contacts inside that league office. So uh, he said yesterday that it appeared Valparaiso was the team that has the inside track. He still stands by that. Uh, After he said that, in fact, yesterday, Murray State uh, came out. Both their athletic director and school president said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, hey, slow down there. Yeah, yeah. We we feel like we got a good shot at getting it. School presidents and athletic directors still talking, still making the decision of what the invitation is going to be. Uh, Mark also yesterday, and we'll get into this with him Uh, Talked about it sounds like it will be just one school that they will invite, uh, more than likely Valparaiso, and that's a case staying at 10. It's something where the most important thing we know in the MVC is men's basketball. Mm -hmm. That is their most important sport. That is the one that pays the bills, and and that is, you know, it's a conference that is known as a basketball conference. So the coaches as a whole and the athletic directors, they like the 10-team conference, a full round robin where you play 18 league games, you play everybody home and home. They like the system that they have set up there. And it makes sense. It makes sense with what they had before. I completely understand that. But now with the loss of Creighton and Wichita State over the last five years, with those losses, you're left wondering kind of what's next? You know, what is this conference trying to be? Because if you're trying to replicate what you were with those two members and, and what they became from you know, the they had some good teams in the 90s, you know, 80s into the 90s. Yep. Tulsa was in the league at that time. But really what they morphed into, how we know it over the last two decades, let's say, 20, 25 years in that range. It is a conference that has been able to get multiple bids. That more than likely is out the window. Mm-hmm. Short of an incredible run, a team putting together a 30-2 a and two kind of run, something like that, and then getting beat in the conference tournament— it is going to be a one-bid league. So as you look at it and you look at the evolution and the changing of college athletics and how these mid-major conferences are going to be able to survive in comparison to the heavyweights. Right. With the TV deals that they have. Yes. The MVC has done a great job with the package they have with ESPN where you can stream everything. Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks ago, I was, I was playing a midweek game in baseball over against Bradley. Over... And uh, playing on the road there. So it was a home game for Bradley. Flipped it on watch ESPN. Was able to watch it. That's something for baseball. You don't get to see that very often in the Big Ten. Sure. And you watch a Hawkeye game. You got to have that extra Big Ten package if you're going to watch those things. The NBC is able to stream most every sport that they have. And they do a very good job production-wise. It looks very good. Sometimes we get student announcers. but But overall, they've done a very good job of that. And now you're trying to build things. The status quo to me isn't going to work just trying to stay with what you were before because you've lost your two biggest members you've lost your two biggest fan bases in Wichita and in Creighton you've lost two national brands that are well known and just trying to go to the status quo. to me Jim it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to say let's just try to do what we did before but now instead of Creighton and Wichita we're going to try to do it with Valpo and to do it with Loyola it doesn't work no It won't work. Mm -hmm. I don't think it'll work at the level that people are hoping and expecting it to. And that's why I've been a proponent of grabbing three members, finding three schools. I know you you have. Looking at three schools that you can build upon, fan bases that will travel, money that you can put in, and basketball brands that will help out. And that's why Valpo is always number one because of their basketball brand they made nine NCAA tournaments over the last two decades. It's a very good program throughout the years, not just the Bryce Drew team, but but yearly. This is a team that you know is going to be good. Murray State, though, they took a step back. Historically, is a very good program. If you want to go down that road and bring in another basketball brand, though it's certainly not a big market. And then my final one would still be North Dakota State. I am a fan of North Dakota State, both in what they do in terms of fan base traveling, mm-hmm. which is a big part of this, but also... Look big picture. Look at the growth of North Dakota. Look at the money that has come into that state with the oil and the pipelines that have been built there. Just the sheer number of people that have money. Is it a big population base? No, it is not. No, But there are people that have disposable income up there that will make the trip to St. Louis mm-hmm. every year. That will make that a destination for them each and every season. They support their program as good as anybody we talk about at this level. They will travel. And when you're looking big picture, not just, oh, uh, Fargo's not a real big market, looking bigger than that. I understand. You couple that with a basketball brand that has been very good, that has been to the NCAA tournament multiple times since they moved up to a D1 level. They recruit Minneapolis incredibly well. You know, and, and that's the other thing. You know, We talk a lot about Iowa and the difficulties of both Iowa and Iowa State because there are two D1 programs here in the state. You realize North Dakota State The number of students that they get from Minneapolis, not just Minnesota and people on the border there in upper Minnesota, but Minneapolis. The people that make the trek to North Dakota State, it's a huge, huge number of alumni. A lot of them move back to Minneapolis. You're, again, talking about a fan base that has a willingness to travel and will support their North Dakota State brand. It makes sense. It makes sense to me. Go to 12. So this is is how I proposed it, Jimmy. Okay. Came up with a couple of divisions here. North division, south division. Now, let's just say, once again,
1: this is Trent, once again, the brand new alignment in his mind of fantasy. Yes, a proposal for the MVC. For the MVC.
2: So your North Division has, both our in-state schools, both Drake and you and I are in there. You couple them with Bradley, Loyola, Valpo, and North Dakota State. Okay. You play home-and-homes every year with those teams in basketball. There's 10 conference games right there. The other division, then, would be the South Division with Evansville, Illinois State, Indiana State, Missouri State, and Southern Illinois, along with another new addition in Murray State. Okay. So there is your connection there. South Division, same thing. You play each other. There's your 10 games from that side. And then you play your crossovers. Sure. And a lot of times, your crossovers, you just play one time. Well, that would lead to 16 games. Well, the MVC has been a longtime proponent of they want to play at least 18. How about this? You play three of those teams, home and home, in the other division. Got it. The other three you play just one time. Okay. So you're seeing everybody in the league. Correct. You're seeing most everybody multiple times in the league. Okay. And the MVC can get together and come up with a schedule. You know, you look at it coming up this year. All right. Well, we want you and I and Illinois State to play twice. We think they're both going to be pretty good. We're going to have them play a home and home this year. We want want, uh, Loyola, who's going to be pretty good. We want them to play... Murray stay twice because we think that'll be a good home-and-home. You can manipulate it in a way where you're set up, you're getting good conference matchups, you're getting more inventory, and that leaves you with 19 conference
1: games. But here is the rub that you will hear from the commissioner's office, is they don't want to split whatever monies that they get that many ways. Sure. They just want to keep 10 teams. That way they know what the split is. And you have to remember that in order for the conference to operate as a conference, the conference office has to have some of that money Mm because they have to operate as well. So if you expanded in your scenario to what you just talked about, then monies will be less
2: for each individual team and for the conference office. Not if, though, you bring in different basketball brands that are going to grow your conference. Okay. Fan bases that will grow your conference, and I think both Valpo and North Dakota State can do that. That's why Nebraska, Omaha, UW, Milwaukee, uh, Missouri, Kansas City, those ones don't make a lick of sense. Their fan base don't. They, well, a they're minuscule. Secondly, they don't. You don't add anything outside of oh, look, we're in these big markets. Yeah, they're markets that nobody cares about. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares about the athletics that you're talking about. We saw the same thing. With loyal Chicago, though their basketball brand is improving and they're becoming a good basketball program, and I think they're going to be in an NCAA tournament here within the next five years. Mm-hmm. I, I think they okay. have, they're building at that level where they're going to be able to get to that spot. They're recruiting Chicago well. They're they're becoming what I think Doug Elgin hoped that they were going to be, but nobody cares there. And. Now you're talking about, all right, Missouri-Kansas City. How much is their profile going to raise in Kansas City by joining the NBC? Not a whole lot. I don't think so. Nebraska-Omaha is always going to play second fiddle, well, third fiddle. Yeah. Nebraska football first, Creighton basketball second, and then you get into UNO athletics. So that's what you get in where these other ones that we're talking about, they are the premier things Mm -hmm. for North Dakota State and the whole state. And the Upper Dakotas—that is what it's about—is North Dakota State oh, Athletics.
1: Absolutely, so. yeah. That's
2: so that—that's kind of where I go with this. It's—it's it's just a thought. I understand. Yeah, you're d- divvying up the pie, but how big is that pie in general, anyway? I mean, are we talking about it's a difference of a hundred thousand dollars a year per school? You can get by with that. You
1: could. You could probably get a wealthy donor to cough that up.
2: Well, and if you're you're getting to that level, and all of a sudden arch madness, you're getting. An extra four, 5,000 fans sure, yeah. that make their way to Arch Madness every year? Well, you're making it up right yeah. there. You're yeah. making it up right there. You know, it's
1: because now they have, as, as what Trent stated, they are a one-bid conference. And, I mean, something supernatural would have to happen where they would get two teams in. Because none of the teams, not even you and I, had the cachet of Creighton, or Wichita State. Disagree with you there. Okay. You and I have made the NCAA tournament. They have three they, different times. They as have. And they have, and they've pulled off spectacular upsets. But I don't think their name resonates like Wichita State did, or Creighton's name
2: did. Well, Creighton over the last five years. Okay. Before so, that, Creighton was. I, I get it. They, they were they were they were bad. An Yes, they were. So even with Benoit Benjamin. Well, he played at Creighton. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Even with I him. was talking about Wichita. Oh, okay. Four or five years ago, historically, they, they well they achieved
1: they they did. I mean, they were good when they had what Xavier McDaniel, Cliff Livingston. Right. We're they, talking late seventies, yeah, early eighties. Yeah, we're yeah. talking
2: almost forty years ago. Chief. Right.
1: I'm just I'm just stating that they had moments. But the thing well, that Southern Illinois had moments. Okay. Okay. You know. Hey, Bradley had moments. Yeah. Hershey Hawkins. Right. Dick Versace. Marcella
2: Summer. Mar- yeah. Exactly, Patrick O'Brien. Yes, yeah. We, yeah, we can go on, but the, the Wichita phenomenon is a new phenomenon. That—that's what I'm trying to. Fair tell enough. You. Okay, I'll, I'll
1: give you that. By the way, Fred Van Fleet's gonna get uh, minutes for uh, Toronto. He got some in the first game. He's gonna be a decent NBA guard, I think. the The thing that uh, that I find, and I I can't wait to get Mark Adams on the show, because he is so knowledgeable about this league, is. If the conference will understand that they now have become a one bid league, or if they and, and if and if they are smart and they will still try to promote, obviously, because every conference does that, that they deserve more than one team in. We saw what happened to Illinois State. But I just can't see the selection committee now even considering even more than just one team. Is that fair?
2: No, it's not. I'm, so a, a team goes through and they're they're thirty and three. Yeah, they get beat in the conference tournament. They're getting left out. Yeah.
1: Look <laughs> what happened to South. Was it Southwest Missouri State at that time? Didn't they go like twenty seven and four and they didn't get in? No, no, they just had a really good
2: RPI that year. They oh, okay. were, they were twenty two and. Okay. Nine and no, oh, okay like that. Yeah. all right all no, right. no I, I I think you're dead wrong on that, I, okay, I'd like to be wrong, yeah, but I'm not sure I'm going to be I, I just think it's a simple way out if there is a team that's scheduled well, and you and I is a perfect example because Illinois State, the reason they didn't get in the tournament this year was because they scheduled poorly they did that's it, yeah, I mean, it's as simple as that. They scheduled incredibly poorly, they knew they had a good team, and you know back uh after they got left out. They got the home and home with Ole Miss, and, and that was a fun. And it was on Twitter, and we were talking about that. But th- this goes back to Dan Muller; he screwed up his scheduling last year. Mm-hmm. That's on him. That's on him. He could have found a way to put together a better schedule, right? And especially with the team that he had coming back. Yes, they all want to get home and homes. I understand that. Everybody wants it, but when you have a team like that, sometimes you got to bite the bullet, and you got to say, "All right, we're going to play a bye game." We're gonna play a Big Ten school. We're gonna play a Big Twelve school. We'll take that road game because we know we're good enough and we have to build our schedule in a way. Mm-hmm. Northern Iowa's done that. They have been able to get into a lot of good tournaments a year that they made it as an at-large team. You know how they did it? They went and they got a one-off game with LSU. LSU that had Big Baby Davis right, on the team. That's correct. They went down there, they won in LSU yep. and it helped propel them to the NCAA tournament as an at-large team. And you and I has done a great job of that over the last twelve years. Of scheduling smart in the non-conference. Now there's some years like we saw last year, where they're just not good enough. Yes, and, and you get beat up. You get beat up. You, but you, you and I, have you been run able that to do risk.
1: It. You run that risk of
2: taking your lumps or really enhancing your status if you win. They kicked off the season one year. They went to the Carrier Dome mm-hmm. and played Syracuse. They got blown out in the game. But those are the games that they are willing to do to build their resume. You still have to do that. So I still believe that okay. if a team is good enough. You can schedule the correct way and get it done. Well, it Zag has it. been able to do it. They have been. Many programs have been yeah. able to do it. I think it's a convenient excuse where, uh, we just can't do it. You can do it. You absolutely can do it. You have to be willing to go on the road, you have to be willing to play some heavyweights. But if you get a couple of wins in there coupled with a strong non conference schedule, even in a down MVC, you can still build a profile to get in.
1: Uh, We'll get into all of that with Mark Adams coming up at the uh, top of the hour. Right at 1 o'clock, he will join us, ESPN. He's uh, worked the Missouri Valley Conference for years, knows it inside and out. Uh, Quickly, before we get to our break, they held the big uh, end-of-the-season news conference in Chicago on the Chicago Bulls. John Pax and Gar Foreman uh, meeting the news media. Basically, what came out of it, was that Paxson and Gar Foreman say that they are committed to reshaping the roster and that head coach Fred Hoiberg returns for a third season. Look, you and I, we, we thought that he wasn't going anyplace, and, no. that, and that's and that been confirmed. But retooling the roster, they say reshaping. We're calling it retooling. How much do you think they have to retool?
2: Uh, quite a bit. Okay. I mean, there, there's a quite a bit that needs to be had. It's a, a team that doesn't shoot it overly well. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you have Wade and Rondo, two guys that can't shoot it right. together back there, they have to find another shooter, uh, certainly in the backcourt, to help out. The pieces are decent. I don't know how well they mix and match. And, and Jimmy Butler, he's got to go from a very good player. He's got to be a superstar. Though. He does. He's got to be a superstar. If that happens, if he can take the game to another level... I think they're going to be fine. I mm-hmm. think they're going to be in good shape and good enough to win 45, 50 games. You know, something along those lines. I think they certainly can do that. So and that's where I'm at with this team right now. It's going to come down to, you know, Dwayne Wade. Can he step up and and be a leader? Can he be a recruiter? You know, we talk about yes. Calipari being a recruiter. Right. Yeah. He's got to be that kind of recruiter as well. They need that out of him if they're going to be able to to fix some of the roster issues that they have. And he
1: doesn't. Retire. I, how can you turn down 25 nah, mil? You don't. You, you, you
2: can't. Don't, you don't. Yeah. You absolutely don't. Jimmy B, before we roll, yes. a little in case you missed it. I'm ready. Hellickson on the mound. Uh oh. oh. Yeah. Ooh, boy. Oh boy. Javi Baez going deep.
0: Javier Baez leads it off. And a deep drive to left. It's going to go. How far will it go? Back of the bleachers. It's two.
2: It got worse from there for Jeremy Hellickson, uh, pitching against his old manager in Madden on the other side as the Cubs roll to a victory after the night before. Good to see out of the Cubbies. We finish up with one more baseball. Six long balls out of the Minnesota Twins. (laughs) I knew this was coming. Oh, I got to play this, Jimmy B.
0: A drive to left field. This is back and deep and gone. A home run for Brian Dozier. A drive to deep center field. Very high, very deep, and gone into the catch area. Oh, man. This one is back, and gone off the batter's eye for Jason Castro. There's a deep one. drive to left field off the bat of Buxton, and gone. Dozier to straightaway center field. And back-to-back home runs for the Twins. For two Here's a drive. This is back. Got one to the opposite field. (laughs) Home run number
2: six here tonight for the Minnesota Twins. Six homers. It's been a while. You got to go back to the the Twins. Break up the Twins. (laughs) That's the last time they did it. Bob Allison. There you go. Carmen Killebrew. Tony just Who are these guys now? Break them up. Absolutely. Twins playing some good baseball. Fun to see, certainly, from this Twins fan. That was a case you missed it presented by Wolf Construction Roofing. We'll come back on the other side. Rob Howe set to join us next here as we roll through. It's a Wednesday. Jimmy B
0: and TC. The big games play here. Westwood One Sports on Des Moines Station for News Talk Sports. 1700 KBGG. The
2: weather's warming up, and it's time to think about your spring projects. Wolf Construction Roofing can take any roofing job, large and small, flat roof, sloped, or pitched.
0: Kubota's Orange Opportunity sales event is going on now. Get commercial-grade performance and a full four-year factory warranty at a price you can afford with a new Commander Zero-Turn mower. Now get special promotional pricing of $38.99 with zero down and zero percent financing for up to 48 months. Now through May 31st, 2017. Call toll-free 1-800-794-4992 for details about cost and terms. For complete warranty details, see Kubota.com or your authorized Kubota dealer. Come see Jake at Capital City Equipment in Des Moines, just off I-80 on 2nd Avenue. up to $480 for TV, $180 for internet, equipment, non-return, and fees and conditions. Apply.
5: Call for details. Offerings ends 12117.
0: Back to the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. It's Jimmy B and TC. All right, everybody, we're here. We roll all the way
1: till 3 o'clock today, the Big Talker 1700. Always fun when Rob Howe gets a chance to uh, share a couple of minutes with us. We always appreciate him. He comes to us on the Draft House 50 hotline, Mill Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. Rob, good afternoon, pal. Good afternoon, guys. How are you? We're doing uh, terrific. Uh, let's kind of get into everything that uh, is happening with Iowa right now. And with the football... Um, just kind of your overall view of what you have seen here in the past few weeks.
6: Yeah, I guess the best way to um, to categorize what I saw is a, is a work in progress, which is pretty typical for Iowa football at this time of year. Um, there are hot spots, obviously, um, and I think some of those were um, magnified by what we saw over the weekend in the draft, I mean, you lose a quarterback that ends up getting picked in the third round. Um, you know, whether or not that's where he should have gone is really doesn't really matter. Um, you've got to replace him. Um, and going into the offseason, that's really the biggest question mark, is who's going to be the quarterback for an offense that, that really struggled last year in the passing game. Um, obviously, there are other injuries and things like that that are, um, you know, at the forefront. But really, the quarterback is, you know, it's the most most important position on the field, and I was not sure who theirs is
2: yet. Yeah, it's uh, certainly a mm-hmm. scary proposition. And, you know, we were both, I believe, of the opinion that it was a, a competition in name only, that Stanley had such a big leg up that it was going to be nearly impossible for Uyghurs to come up there and get that starting gig. It was just kind of maybe trying to placate him a little bit and keep him around campus. Uh, it's a lot more than that, man. Watching them, their are uh, two open events, both here in West Des Moines and over at Kinnick Stadium. Uh, the gap is certainly not what is expected, and and I'd argue the Uyghurs look like the better quarterback throughout the spring.
6: Yeah, Trent, I would say eye test wise, you're right. I mean, it's it, it looks like a dead heat, and it's not, and it's not because either one is really uh, standing out, um, or b- they're both standing out for that matter. It's a it's a situation where both guys are, if I can use the term again a work in progress and guys that are trying to, you know, get this new system under their belt, understand what Brian Ferentz wants, understand what Ken O'Keefe wants, and that's new for everybody in that room. Um, so it's, you know, you got to hope that over the next couple months um, that they can figure these things out and then in August maybe take a couple steps forward because they're going to need to um, the only, the only situation that really comes close to comparison in my mind since I've been doing this was 2004 with Drew Tate where he came after um, Nathan Chandler and, and played a limited as a true freshman um, and then was competing for the job in 2004 uh, with Matt Bonet uh, who ended up transferring out of Iowa. And at that point, in this, at this time of, of year back then, you know Kirk had said it was an open competition, and, but all of us were like, yeah, right. <laughs> um yeah Drew Tate's not gonna win the job. It's a different situation. Now, I think these guys really are in a stiff competition here. Um and the coaches have said it's gonna go into August and I really don't know what's gonna who what will determine who will be the guy at this point. They really haven't said. I guess it's whoever passes that eye test, whoever they feel the most comfortable with at some point in August. And you would think that you gotta do it at least a couple weeks before the season starts, uh to go, to get whoever it is prepared for uh, that week one game against Wyoming.
1: With what you have seen, and I know it's not a lot because they don't let the media watch much of anything, Rob, can you make a determination yet or not?
6: I can't, Jim. I, I mean, from what I've been able I, Stanley clearly has physical tools above what Wiggers has in terms of throwing arm, uh, you know, size, uh, ability to move. I think he's a, he's better with his legs. Um, but he tries to throw everything through the wall that's that's in my limited exposure to limited exposure to him he just has no touch on the football right now um, and he's just having trouble getting on the same page as his receivers I think Wiggers has a little bit better handle on what they want uh, from their quarterback at this point and that's what has him in the race it's going to be a matter of if Wiggers can continue to that upward climb in terms of knowledge and understanding the offense it's not like he's a a tomato can either. I mean, he he can throw the ball, and he right. can move, and he can do things and play. Um, but I think all things being equal, I think Stanley's the guy you'd want there if he could figure it out. But that's a big if.
2: It is a big if, and it's a big question mark. You know, uh, what did you think of the offensive system, the, the passing game system? It was hard to see a whole lot. You know, they're implementing new things. They're not going to show a ton as they uh, change the terminology of the offense with Brian Ferentz in there, Ken O'Keefe back, all those those different things. And what do you think it's going to look like uh, beginning of September when they trot out there for the first time against Wyoming?
6: You know, Trent, I don't think it's going to be vastly different than what we've seen from Iowa football. I think the foundation will remain the same, which is, you know, running the football, play action. I think we'll see some, you know, variations on what they do, um, I think they're going to have to get the tight ends more involved just because it's a talented group um, and it, it can maybe cover up some of the deficiencies at wide receiver. And that's the other thing we just didn't, we don't know who the wide receiver is going to be, mm-hmm. we, you know, it's unknown what's going to happen with Jerminic Smith. Although, you know, I've heard from some people close to him that he, he wants to be back. He's doing everything he can to be back and he plans to be back. So, We'll see how that plays out over the next month or so as school winds up. Um, and then, you know, I think we're all assuming that Matt Vandenberg is going to be back. Um, but he's had a, he's injured now for quite a while, and he's recovering from a second, um, you know, surgery or, or procedure for that, for that injury. So we can't really assume he's going to be back. Nick Easley was a nice spring story. Um, there's a group of true freshmen that it appears they're going to rely upon, but there's just so many question marks at that position. It's really hard to get a handle or predict what this offense is going to be until we get a better handle on, on what they are. And then we didn't see Akram that much this spring either. He's been out. So, you know, it's it's still such a – it's still – there are so, still so many unknowns on that side of the football with Iowa that we probably won't know until the first week of the
1: season. Have you seen Vandenberg at all? Have you been able to like get your eyeballs on him to see how he's progressing, or has he not been around either?
6: Yeah, I mean, I've seen him walking around the facility, Jim, and he doesn't. There's no noticeable limp, okay. or anything like that. He's not wearing, you know, he's not wearing a boot. He's not in a cast or he's not on crutches or any of that stuff. Um, so he he's he's progressing the way they want him to progress. It's just a matter of you know when he puts the pads on, can he get out there with a bad foot, make the cuts he needs to make uh run the routes he needs to run um that's still uh we're still in a wait and see mode with that. Talk with Rob Howe, Hawkeye
2: Nation with us on the draft House fifty hotline uh recap of some spring football, what Rob was able to see over there. Uh, Jake Gervas certainly became the superstar of the uh, spring open practice there at the end on that Friday night at Kinnick. So concerns certainly uh, mitigated. it looks like, at least at that safety spot. Overall, the defensive backfield, the front seven looks like it has a chance to be really stout, especially if they can find some depth at the defensive tackle position. But two new cornerbacks, a lot of new faces there at safety. Gervas, did that cure the ills of uh, Iowa in that back four? (laughs) I think...
6: I think it made people feel better, Trent. I don't know if people are, you know, it's still you're losing a guy that started last year for a guy who hasn't yet. And he did have a good spring game, and he gave people reason to feel good about him replacing Brandon Snyder. Um, But it's still a guy who's going to be starting for the first time at one of the most important defensive positions uh, for Iowa. The free safety spot is the guy who's really the – the quarterback of that defense, you know, middle linebacker is as well. And Josie Jules, you know, it's in great hands with Josie Joel. but you know, the, the back end Brandon Snyder kind of connects everything together there. Um, and, and we have to see if Jay can do that. The good thing is, is he's been in the program. Um, he's kind of, he's worked alongside Brandon Snyder for all these years and you just hope he can build off of what he did in the spring. I like their quarterback situation. Um, I like Josh Jackson, um, I, I like Emmanuel Ragamba, and I think Michael O'Jamudi is a, a good third guy. So mm-hmm. although they're inexperienced like Jake Gervais, um, I think there's some talent there. There'll be some bumps. But as you said, if they can play well in that front seven, you've got veteran linebackers, uh, veteran defensive end. If they can pressure the quarterback, that makes it all a whole lot easier on those new guys in the secondary.
1: Uh, we're having a great conversation right now. Rob Hall, uh, Hawkeye Nation, and uh, he joins us on the uh, Draft House 50 hotline. Rob, I'm just real curious now on basketball. Uh, Trent and I kind of kicked this around because we felt that McCaffrey had h- options of either playing basketball or baseball or both. Uh, he has decided to play baseball and forego his first season uh, as a basketball player. A response in the eastern side of the state,
6: yeah, I think most people feel like it's a it was a good uh, choice for for Connor to make uh in that basketball minutes were probably going to be limited um with the amount of players that are coming back with Christian Williams deciding he wanted to stay um, you know they they lose Peter and they lose Dale Jones, but everybody else is back so His minutes probably would have been limited, and he still gets to practice with the team. He still gets to go up against Isaiah Moss and Jordan Bohannon and those guys in practice uh, and see how he stacks up and and improve his game. Um, And meanwhile, he gets to check out and see how he stacks up on the baseball field, which is, you know, I would say from getting to know Connor, it's an equal love. He loves both of those sports equally, um, and I think he really just wants to see which one at the next level is for him, um, and he may try to play both for a while. Maybe he tries to do it for four years. It's hard to say. It's hard to predict. I know we want to say we want to know now what's going to happen, um, but I, I think it has to play out, and I think um, he'll get a chance. And, and it's better this way that he gets a chance to, to find out how he is at both sports or how he how he fits in at both sports without having a lot of pressure on him. And I, I think it's a, g- a good path for Connor.
2: For Iowa this year on the basketball floor, they still have the concern that they don't have a backup point guard. Bohannon was such a surprise of what he was able to do this year. We saw Christian Williams. He's just he's not suited for that role in my estimation, Rob. I, can he make the leap and at least provide them eight ten minutes a game as a backup point guard next year?
6: Yeah, they have to hope that, Trent. And I think he showed signs towards the end of the year that he could step and do that. He's not a traditional point guard. He's not what people would call a pure point guard, but I don't think Jordan Bohannon is either. So I think they have to do what they can to piece that position together. Fran is casting a wide net in the 2019 recruiting class to go after point guards. Um, but you, you, you know, you you get Connor ready for that position in 2018, uh, 19 um, and you work what you can with what you have now. But I think the, the good thing for them is, and Fran isn't as tied up into okay, this is my one, this is my two, this is my three, four, five positionally. Um, he likes guys at all of those spots that can do, that are very skilled and can and do various things, bring the ball up the floor, defend different positions. Um, so I think that's the way he's going to proceed. He's not. He doesn't have a, a true um, Monte Morris, if you will, point guard on his roster. He's probably not going to have one of those next year. So he does what he can with what he has. And, And I think that's going to be Bohannon with Williams spelling him and maybe Williams playing some two-guard as well. Are you concerned
1: that the expectations because of whom is returning and whom they have acquired coming in as freshmen will be way off the charts and the pressure will be immense?
6: I do, Jim, and I kind of got that sense this winter where people were – it almost seemed like fans were giving them a, a mulligan for this season with how many young players they had, um, that whatever happens, whatever they do in the NIT is just gravy. Um, but that's out the window now. Um, they, they need to, you know, take that next step. It's still a program that hasn't made the Sweet 16 under Fran. And um, the two incoming freshmen will come in with, with much hype and Luca Garza and Jack Nungi. Um, those guys will come in with a lot of hype and be expected to produce right away. And all those guys coming back will be able, will be expected to produce at a higher level. And all of them will be expected to produce together as a team on a very high level. I mean, I've heard, I've seen, and, and read, and, and and witnessed people, you know, media members, um, fans. Project that this team has a chance to win the Big T- Big Ten next year, and that's a really lofty goal for a team that's still going to be pretty young in a lot of areas. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I do. I, I think they're going to have to deal with a lot of things in terms of expectations that they didn't have to deal with this year, that we've seen in the past. That's not always easy to handle.
2: Finally, Rob, the Jane Meyer uh, trial continues over here in Des Moines. Uh, just some takeaways that you were able to come through here. You know, with a lot of people were. Expecting some dirty laundry to be aired. There's been a little bit of that, but but just an overview. Your thoughts on the whole situation?
6: Yeah, guys. For me, since I you know I, I haven't covered it at all. I've just kind of been following, it probably like you guys have. And what's come out, you know, I think uh, Mark Emmerich for the the Register has done a great job mm-hmm. with the story, um, as have the folks from the Gazette and others. Um, and it just seems like it's a it's a classic. He said, she said, yeah. and you know, it's a matter of who you believe, who who you believe, and whose whose witnesses do you believe, um, and that's really what it's going to come down to. I don't envy the jury for having to try to figure figure this out and, and pull it apart. I guess they have to have an eight you know, eight to zero. Uh,
1: that is correct.
6: Vote by four thirty today, or it goes back till tomorrow, and then it's what they have to have six yes. or something like that. That yes. it'll be interesting. I don't think it's an easy decision for those guys. Maybe I'm completely off base on this. I haven't been there and looking. And looking in the face of the jurors, but it 's a tough call, and i i 'm certainly like a lot of folks interested to see how this thing turns out
1: uh, i 'm going to find it fascinating to see what takes place here and you are you are correct there are eight jurors, and they have to have eight o today, and then if not, uh, they will return tomorrow, and then that number shrinks so uh, in in just finally, just in your overall estimation, either way. How would it impact the school, if anything?
6: It's a good question. I guess uh, I, I mean, this, it hasn't been uh, a good couple of weeks for the university going through this when you have something of this magnitude that took place in your athletic department, you know, multi million dollar athletic department. Um, I think there, there will be people that question. Gary Barter's leadership and what's going on there. I think there, there are certainly a a large faction of people I've talked to that feel like Jane Meyer is completely in the wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so it's hard to say. I don't think it'll be a huge impact in terms of, you know, um, reputation nationally, things like that. Um, these things tend to, these things tend to happen kind of, you know, they're, Popular and people talk about them while they're going on, and then they have a tendency to to go away. And the next thing that's trending on Twitter is the thing that everybody wants to talk about. Right. So, I don't think they have the staying powers they used to have. Uh, I don't think it'll affect Gary Barter's job in any way, in terms of him, you know, not being there anymore, or you know, changing things like that. I, I think I, and I hope for the for the better that they've learned lessons out of this thing, and in the future. They can handle these things better. I think that's that's the the, the hope that you, that would come out of something like this that um, they learn some lessons.
1: Thank you, man. It's always good when we catch up to you. Have a great uh, day, Rob. Thanks. Thanks, guys. You too. Rob Howe, right here on the Big Talker seventeen hundred on the Draft House fifty hotline, Mills Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. Quick break. We're coming right back. The Big Talker, 1700.
0: 1700 KBGG is the Big Talker in Des Moines with Jimmy B and TC. Noon to 3, sports talk that rocks. 1700 KBGG. Hey, it's Jimmy B.
7: When you're hungry and craving a steak, you want to get your eat on. And you can at Iowa Beef Steakhouse. For over 30 years, Iowa Beef Steakhouse has been known for serving huge choice cuts of Iowa-raised beef, cooked over charcoal, and served with fantastic sides. With everything from a fine Iowa chop to a tender filet mignon, Iowa Beef Steakhouse is the perfect place to get your eat on. Now, with their new lunch menu, you can enjoy the taste of a great steak or burger over the lunch hour instead of having to wait until dinner time. And if you need a space for a meeting or party, look to Iowa Beef Steakhouse. They can accommodate any size group with plenty of space for no additional charge. Whether it's for lunch, dinner, or a special gathering, Iowa Beef Steakhouse is the perfect place to get your eat on. And you can get your eat on for half price because Iowa Beef Steakhouse is this week's sweet deal. Get $50 worth of Iowa Beef Steakhouse certificates for only $25 Friday morning at 9 at 1700KBGG.com.
0: Keep your home, garage, and automobiles clean with a 5-gallon shop vac from Menards. It has a durable stainless steel tank and side-carrying handles for easy lifting. With a 4.5-horsepower motor, it can tackle tough messes, wet or dry. It includes a hose, two extension wands, wet-dry nozzle, and more. Pick one up today for only $29.99 after rebate. Now during Menards Spring Catalog Sale. Save big money at Menards
7: looking to have fun and make money if you're outgoing and have what it takes to run your own business you gotta hear about selfie station imagine owning a 32 inch portable touchscreen photo booth that everybody wants to take selfies with now imagine it at any event weddings corporate functions holiday parties clubs the opportunities are endless and it's lightweight enough to pack and carry you can earn serious cash doing this as much as a thousand dollars a gig personalized selfies framed selfies uploadable selfies any type of selfie you can picture and for a super small investment you'll be up and earning good money in less than a month because getting gigs is as easy as handing out a business card. Admit it, who doesn't love selfies? Be the first in your area. You'll be so popular, they'll be calling you. And right now, Selfie Station sweetens the deal with a $500 discount off the professional package. That's right, for a limited time, you can save even more. Just go to SelfieStationRadio.com and enter promo code 1000. That's SelfieStationRadio.com, promo code 1000. SelfieStationRadio.com, promo code 1000. You've seen him on Showtime, on PBS, and on Twin Peaks. Now Chris Isaac is making a special appearance in Des Moines at Hoyt Sherman
1: Place.
6: What to play.
1: Chris Isaac, yeah. live at Hoyt Sherman on August 1st. And you could be going with 1700 KBGG. No. Go online to 1700KBGG.com to win your tickets to see Chris Isaac perform live at Hoyt Sherman Place on August 1st.
3: The
0: Spa at West Glen, a personal journey for the mind, body, and spirit. Treat yourself with massage therapies including Swedish massage, deep tissue massage, and the signature service from the Spa at West Glen, the West Glen Body Ritual. The Spa at West Glen also provides injectables, facials, chemical peels,
1: It's a family membership add-on special. It's Aspen, West Glen, Town Center, West Des Moines.
0: Jim Brenson, Trent Condon, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG, live from the Wolf Construction Studio, sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Here's Jim and Trent.
1: Hey, everybody, we're back. Uh, Once again, we go all the way till 3 o'clock. Quickly, a reminder coming up 1 o'clock, Mark Adams, ESPN, on the Missouri Valley Conference. Uh, He covers the conference extensively, has been their lead color commentator for a number of years. Mark and I go way back. Well, I think I'm probably, what, 35, 40 years older than him, (laughs) at, at least. I think I'm that with everybody. But uh, Every,
2: everything about you is it, way It's back about thirty to be, five. Me. Yeah, it is, yeah.
1: But uh he and I did a lot of work together on some big games and uh it's gonna be fun. We get him on the show at the uh, at the top of the hour. So that that'll be good. We'll really get into the uh into the valley.
2: So uh ask Rob Howe about the Jane Meyer trial. Yeah. I know you've been following along. I have been like uh, most of us have yes. through the newspaper and keeping an eye on things on Twitter. You know, to me it's really about, there are two cases here. It's the Jay Meyer case, and then it'll be the Tracy Griesbaum case. Yes. The former field hockey coach. And I don't have any law background. I don't even watch Law & Order, so I don't know a whole lot about it. But, uh, you know, my buddy that I do the podcast with, sure. Jace, he's, yep. he is a lawyer. Okay. And, you know, he kind of filled me in in a couple of details. And the one thing I feel reading it, and it's very decidedly an athletic side of things that we look at things at, but... Now, I left. Kind of my takeaway is, it doesn't seem like Jane Meyer has an overly strong case here. It is, I was at will state to work, and she was let go because, mm-hmm. it, I mean, it's it seems pretty simple. It doesn't seem the reason that she was fired was because of her sexual orientation. Right. That's how I see it. The only thing that I I pause and wonder if there is going to be some kind of financial agreement that is given to Meyer, is because. Of the lack of just execution from the university and the athletic department, of just having things down in writing. I mean, th- that's the surprising part.
1: I saw, and, and let me just stop you right there because yeah. I don't want to lose this. I saw where Gary Barda does not email; mm-hmm. he talks to everybody. Right. That's where there's no paper trail.
2: But documentation is I, so I important. I agree with you. I agree in, with you yes. in universities. Yeah. You can understand it more in the athletic department, though, because, well, as a public institution, yes. you are privy to. People want to go back and look at emails. They can because mm-hmm. it is a public mm-hmm. institution. And and because of that, you, I'm sure, want to keep some things away from you know, the Mark Morehouse's of the world and, and people like that. Yep. You don't want them to, to be able to get a hold of things. So in a way, I understand it. But it is when you're going down the road of road of trying to get rid of somebody, you just you felt like there should be some more documentation, and I guess that was the surprise and maybe the one saving grace for Myers side. I think the Greasebomb case is a much stronger case for them. I think you're correct there. And I, I have a feeling if you had to pick which one's going to go down yeah. and, and come to money, I think Greasebomb has certainly a lot better uh, leg to stand.
1: There. Yeah, especially when her claim is that she asked several times, why am I getting fired? And there was no response. Right, right. That's why.
2: And there have been other claims of bullying from other coaches yes, that, that is, have happened. Yes, that is correct. And it didn't go down that route no, for them. No, no. And she was successful. Yes, you know, on top of it, and and that's a part of it. Yeah, yeah, interesting to keep an eye on. We're, we're not uh, legally as no, by we enemy. no, we are not. No, but, I'm not uh, a big fan of attorneys. Well, to
1: I've, begin I've, with. I've heard
2: that. I have <laughs> heard that a time or two. Sounds like somebody maybe got fleeced a time or two. Maybe that's what it is. We'll come back here on the other other side, kicking off the hour with Mark Adams. A lot on the Missouri Valley Conference. What's going to happen uh, there? Val is who Mark is hearing. Uh, possible get that invite for Mm -hmm. the 10th member. We'll talk about maybe adding more, his thoughts overall, the future of the conference, and maybe we'll talk a little basketball with him. That'll be fun. That'll be a good thing, do. Because he's
1: he's got the knowledge. There's no
2: question. We'll come back on the other side here. Live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studios, it's Jimmy B and TC.
0: 1700 KBGG is the big talker in Des Moines. With Jimmy B and TC, noon to 3, sports talk that rocks. 1700 KBGG. It's Mattress Firm's Memorial Day Sale, where we guarantee you'll love your mattress with a 120-night money-back guarantee. And you'll love Mattress Firm's savings, too. Save up to $1,000 store wide on the latest sleep technology from Beautyrest, Serta, and others. Plus, save up to $400 on select adjustable bases and get up to two free pillows only during Mattress Firm's Memorial Day Sale. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com slash circulars. Product offers and prices may vary in Hawaii and Alaska. This is Charles Osgood. Tax compliance can be a real pain for businesses. That's why I'd like to tell you about Avalara's powerful tax automation technology. Avalara simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax rate calculations and automatic return filing. Avalara's software already integrates with your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems, so it couldn't be easier. Find out how the good people at Avalara can help you at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A dot com. This is Bill's yard, and Bill's a grill master, not a grass expert. Still, he won't let weeds invade his backyard barbecue kingdom. And with Scott's Turf Builder Weed and Feed, Bill's greasy thumb is just as good as a green thumb. Because Scott's weed grip formula is twice as effective on dandelions as it used to be. So Bill can clear out weeds, green up his lawn, and hold his spatula high. This is a Scott's Yard. Pick up Scott's Weed and Feed today.
5: Hi folks, Mike from JLM Shooter Supply here, inviting you to visit our full-service gun shop. Whether you are precision rifle shooting, competing in handgun matches, or just out plinking with the family, we have every you might need we offer all types of firearms ammunition and accessories as well as all types of gunsmithing services we've been here since 1988 and we won't be undersold by the big stores and no one can match our service after the sale we're on the corner of 70th and douglas in urbandale or we can be reached at 515-331 1700 kbgg des moines Cumulus
0: station i like it big news big talk and big sports Sports flag. I'm
6: her-